Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, CEO at Finn, and I am joined once again by Alexandria Boyd, Director of Sales at OIT Voight. Alex, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me back, Connor. Anytime. Um, Folks, if you haven't listened to or watched the previous episode, we talked all about what's creating a a trust-filled environment and having, uh, you know, healthy relationships with your direct reports that's filled with honesty and openness. Uh, and how that could actually benefit you. Um, and today, we are talking about, uh, well, not only Alex's experience as a leader uh, and a director of sales as a woman in the MSP world, but also some data behind it. why you should hire more women is a statement Alex made directly to me uh, in, the, in the green room. Although the green room's not green, so I don't know why we call it green room anymore. But Alex, I'll, I'll let you take it away. What's your experience been so far? Absolutely. So um, I feel like I have been successful in in the sales space. Um, A lot to do because um, just being passionate about helping the, the client First off, I think that women are generally more just like caring, nurturing, and, you know, looking at the big picture for the actual outcome versus, oh, I've got to sell this thing because I've got to hit this quota and it's a target that you know I've set. So I've got to get there. Um, so I think that there are definitely some, some key points that make women naturally more inclined to be better at sales. But I do have some data for you today, Connor. So let's, I'm going to tell, go tell you why I'm right. Um, so this conversation uh, was actually stirred up. I got to give credit where credit's due. So um, Megan Killian with MKC Agency, yep. uh, she did a LinkedIn post where she was like, oh my goodness, look at these stats. Um, and she tagged me in it because she knew I was going to love it. So the the top three stats I would say that really pulled my attention into this topic was that women only hold 28% of sales roles and 20 and um, 26% of sales management roles. So that's that's a low percentage. But our close rates come in at 54% higher compared to men's at 49. And we hit quota on average 86% of the time while men only hold, uh, hit it 78% of the time. And I'll send links to all, all the articles where I pulled these, these stats from too so we can share them after the fact. But um, I was just like, Wow, you know, it's not, you know, a huge jump from one to the other. So we can argue that topic, but women are leading, are leading in the sales roles. And so I thought it would be a fun topic to go over. So I think some, some things that have made me personally successful are, you know, one, obviously just being passionate about you know, what you're selling and what you're standing behind. So I think for me that that came easily because I was really selective when I was kind of going in and looking for a new position. And when I came into OIET, uh, there was a lot of great qualities that we have. I'm not going to get into that because I'm not trying to pitch you OIET here, but <laughs> I was able to naturally be passionate about, behind it. And also just being 100% transparent about, you know, what we can and can't do as a company. So I also think that... Um, 
I think being a woman, you know, you're naturally a little bit more inclined just to say, hey, you know, this is what we can do. This is what we can do. I think men are I also geared towards, you know, maybe being a little bit more elusive and just trying to close that sale sometimes. Um, also, uh, what has helped me be successful, I believe, is just being mindfully persistent with the outreach and the follow-up. So, you know, we don't want to overwhelm or come off too pushy. And, you know, but we still want to, you know, continue the outreach so they don't forget about us. And we also want to make sure that we, you know, set the expectations. Um, and I think that women are naturally a little bit, you know, just more organized, you know, better at notes, all the admin stuff, because coming into the workspace, you know, that's what we did. That's, you know, as women, that's, you know, where we came in. So we're just naturally inclined to, you know, make sure that we take appropriate notes so that we can speak educated on that next follow up. You know, we're setting those expectations, probably making sure we say, hey, look, I'm going to follow up. We've got this date. Is that okay? They say yes. Then we send the follow up date. So we're just, you know, asking for permission, setting the expectations so that they know to get there. And I think that those are all steps that sometimes can just get overlooked um, by men that are naturally just kind of trying to push along to the next and maybe don't have quite as much patience. You, know, you can go back to the whole nature versus nurture and what naturally women are more inclined to do. And I think that that has a lot to do with it as well because we're naturally just more nurturing, which is a big part of the sales process, right? Naturally nurturing leads to nurturing the sales, the sales funnel. <laughs> see how that, you see how that works? Exactly. Yes. That makes a ton of sense. I, I listen to a lot of uh, sales related podcasts and people who I consider like sales experts in the SaaS space that, you know, they built and invested in or sold several companies. And their statement about sales is it's like the, the skill of sales is really just are you an expert in everything to do with your product? And honestly, a lot of things to do with other people's products as well. It's like if a prospect arrives at your doorstep and says, I have these four problems, how can you solve them? And you instantly don't know how or why you solve those four problems the best. Because um, getting to a no fast is just as valuable as getting to a yes. You're not wasting your time. You're not wasting their time. They feel valued. Absolutely. And I find that when people reach out and they're like, I'm evaluating I'm evaluating y'all versus other these other people. Oftentimes, it's they're evaluating them because they don't know the answer to a specific set of questions. And even if the answer to those questions is no, it's like no, we can't help you with that. So just giving them clarity is sometimes enough to get them to work with y'all. They're like, uh, I really like this. Uh, you you know, turns out I didn't really need that other stuff anyway. Uh, let's work together because they feel like you like you heard, understood, like you valued them, and you weren't trying to push them along the lines. You were like. You're, you're a valued person that needs a fit with a company. Hey, you're not a fit with our company. Please go somewhere else. Like You're not going to be happy here. That gives them... They like that. Absolutely. Which... Absolutely. So... And which takes active listening, right? You have to actually listen to the client, what they need, what their pain points are, and then figure out, hey, is my solution going to be able to solve this problem? Are we a good fit? And then, you know, translating that to the partner. Um, and that was a big theme. And um, the three articles that I was referencing for this conversation was the empathy plus the active listening, which, you know, translates into 
we care, um, which, you know, just kind of comes back to that comment where, you know, I made that, you know, women are natural nurturers and it does take a lot of nurturing to, to close the deal sometimes. And I just, I, I truly believe that women have more patience for this as, you know, the traits are more feminine by nature. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, working at OIT was your, it was your first sales role, right? No, not my first sales role. Um, I actually have been in sales for, gosh, it was like over 10 years now. I was in the world of um, supplements, vitamins and supplements before. So I went from white labeling, placebo pills, I joke and I like to call them because I feel like that's what that industry is to yeah. software. So that's why it was a really easy reason for me to, to be passionate about what I was selling coming into OIT because before I wasn't... <laughs> really passionate about selling these sugar pills. And when I came into the space, I was like, okay, this is a product that is actually going to help people. It's not just, you know, something that we're slapping a label on that's saying, oh, this may or may not do these things, which is totally how I felt about my previous industry. (laughs) No, that makes sense. Yeah. So the the passion was easy coming into IT. But no, I've I've been in the world of sales for, for many. So in this transition to software sales, what are some of the early things that stood out to you that have led to your success or some hard learnings that you've uh, hard won learnings that you, that you've gained as a result. Uh, I'd be curious Um, to hear that. Yeah, I think the, um, the, the top, the topic that you actually brought up and getting to the no quickly, if that's what it's going to be is, is so important. Um, and knowing that, you know, just like, the, the clients are evaluating you, you should very much be evaluating your partners to make sure that they're going to be a good fit and a client for your organization as well. Because um, I even fell into that persona of, you know, I was a salesperson, you know, I've got a quota, I want to hit it. And so I want to sign on as many people as possible. But at the same time, I want to make sure that it's going to be someone that's going to be successful with our offering, right? So um, very much that, getting, getting to got to do a lot of research to know what you're capable of. And like you said, not only what you're capable of, but also to, you know, how you rest in the market and knowing, you know, how you compare to your competitors um, gives you a huge leg up in in any industry because you can say, hey, well, you know, you're also evaluating this partner. This is where we compare. And just being knowledgeable with that, that the partners or clients, however, you know, if you're B2B, B2C, they, they really appreciate that knowledge and the time that you've taken to, to gain that knowledge. So I think that's another thing that has made me really successful um, is just, like you said, being product expertise in, in whatever industry you're in, knowing the capabilities, knowing where you rest in the market, and then absolutely setting those expectations properly with the outreach. Because you don't, like I mentioned before, you don't want to just continually hitting them up saying, hey, are you ready for this? You know, Are you, you, know, you going to sign this deal or haven't heard from you? What's going on? You want to you wanna be able to respond to them in a way that's going to be beneficial. So, you know, hey, so-and-so client, on the last call, we discussed this. These are the things that you really liked about our organization. You said that, you know, your decision-making time was within this time frame. You wanted to hear back from me at this date. This is the follow-up. Please let me know if anything has changed or if the timeline has moved so I can adjust my follow-up process with you. I mean, that level of detail is going to go a long way. And it, it's going to translate better than just sending that, hey, checking in here, do you need anything for me? <laughs> yeah, I don't think the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> random, random question about sales. Do you 
make your CEO carry a quota. <laughs> and I'm not mentioning his name because I want in general, do, do you think the CEO should carry a quota? But also I'm very interested to know if Ray carries a quota. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray does not have a quota. No, Ray, uh, Ray is focused on the big picture and direction and um, just being the, the public face and, you know, the, the one that people go to for that expertise and knowledge. I mean, he, his his reach is so much further than just our organization. I mean, he's a, a thought leader in the industry, and so no, I, Ray has no quota on his head. I would love to. I would love to put like a uh, a Reddit quote on his head. <laughs> he would probably exceed it every time, though, because a lot of our leads come over from Reddit just for how active he is in that community. So that would be an interesting concept to have. Uh, maybe give Ray a, a Reddit quota. <laughs> You should you should give him like automatically assign him to three or four demos a month or something like that or conversation <laughs> and just see what happens. Like uh, uh, people really value, um, especially for a company the size of OIT. It's like, oh, the, I'm getting special attention from the founder. Oh my goodness, it's like weird, but. Yeah. Absolutely. And I will, I will say that was one of the things that gave me a, a lot of confidence coming in was how hands on Ray was as a CEO because I've never worked for an organization before where I've had um, that level of access to my CEO to really kind of help mentor and guide me as well. And if I ever was on a call where you know a prospect maybe just wanted to meet the CEO just to say, hey, look, I'm I'm about to sign you know a contract with you guys. I'm going to be in a partnership. I want to I want to meet the CEO before I sign this deal. And Ray was always so willing to to jump on a call and do that. So I do think that that is, that is very important. And it just, it just shows, you know, the, the level of dedication, you know, that he has, which translates down the ladder to everyone in our organization and really will just further build that trust with the prospects. So it, it is important, but no, no quota attached to that. <laughs> um, I'm a little disappointed, but not in you. In you. I'm, I'll talk, I'll bring it up with Ray next week and, and we'll, we'll see if we can get him carrying something soon. Um, how can we support more women in sales roles moving forward? Absolutely. So um, there was a, another quote from one of the um, the articles I was reading that talked about STEM and needing to add another S to it. So, you know, Dems. Dems yeah. So science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and sales and sales. Yeah. I think just keeping, keeping an open mind, obviously when you're going through interviews, you guys should be unbiased, but you know, maybe just any type of new sales role. If you guys have any, you know, openings coming up, just looking into, you know, maybe some colleges or um, I think Handshake is a great account where you can recruit from colleges or even do interns from colleges. Um, and just keeping an open mind for, you know, maybe or maybe you have an interview for someone that is not maybe necessarily interviewing for sales, but saying, hey, look, you know, you may be a great fit for this role. Would you be open to considering this instead of the role you were applying for? And just you know, because sometimes women may not think that they can be good at it, or if they don't like, I was new coming into the tech space, but I wasn't new coming into sales, so I was confident coming in because I had a sales background. I was like, okay, well, all I got to do is learn about what I'm selling, and I can sell it. But maybe if yeah. it's no one that's ever been in a sales role before, they need that little push to say, hey, look, I think that you would be great in this position, and these are the reasons why. And are you open to entertaining this opportunity? And just opening up the door for them because they may not be willing to open it up themselves if they've never, you know, even thought had the thought before. 
Sales can be daunting. You got to answer a bunch of questions. Sometimes it feels like you're, you know, on a, on the stand. You've sworn <laughs> in, and you can't. You don't want to don't want to perjure yourself. It, sometimes it it you know it really feels like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely can. But I think the the power of I don't know is so important too. I can't tell you how many times I, I said that on a sales call coming and say, you know what? I actually do not know the answer to that question, but I am going to check with my sales engineering team and I will get a response for you. And no one will ever get mad at you for that. They're going to appreciate the fact that you don't know and that you want to go find the correct answer because that's so uncommon in sales. You know, With the sleazy sales bro culture, you go, oh yeah, we can do that. No problem. No checking. Sign the deal. Send you on over to the next department. But so that it just builds that trust as well. So, you know, telling your sales team that too, say, hey, look, it's okay to say, I don't know. I'm going to go find out. That is always going to be an appropriate response. Awesome. For folks who wanted to connect with you or connect with uh, OIT, how would you suggest they do that? Absolutely. So I will drop my link to my LinkedIn below. So if anyone wants to connect with me, they'll be able to. And of course, you're always welcome to shoot me over an email. Really simple. Alex, A-L-E-X at O-I-T dot C-O. Awesome. Uh, Folks, if you're listening or watching, feel free to connect with Alex or O-I-T. And also, we will have links to all of the data uh, that Alex was talking about today so that we can all take a look at it together. And uh, Alex, thanks so much for being here. This was a blast and I can't wait to have another episode. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.